Welcome everybody to another Inside Line podcast with Dr. Daniel Cameron. Today we'll be talking about the case of a seven-year-old girl who was ultimately diagnosed with pandas and Lyme disease. The girl had multiple physical and neuropsychiatric symptoms developed six months after vacationing in a tick endemic region of the U.S. Her symptoms emerged over a three-week period and she was treated by Dr. Charles Ray Jones, co-author and treating physician. Hello, Dr. Cameron. Thank you for joining us. I'm happy to join you, Darlene. Can you tell us a little bit about, about this case that w- was recently published in Frontiers in Psychiatry? They had noted that she had three separate streptococcal infections. In recent years, they recognized that there's neuropsychiatric disorders that you can get from strep. So they coined the term PANDAS. PANDAS stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorders Associated with Streptococcal Infections. Now that's a mouthful. And in there, it's pediatric because it's mostly kids. Autoimmune means the feeling is that there's something wrong with the immune system. Neuropsychiatric means it's both the brain and psychiatric at the same time, and it's associated with strep. So because this girl had the classic symptoms of pandas, history of strep, and a positive ASO titer, which is a strep titer, slightly elevated DNA B titer, all those together with the neuropsychiatric issues allowed the doctors to diagnose pandas. Now, she was treated, uh, as you mentioned, for three separate strep uh, infections. The last strep infection, she was uh, treated with clindamycin, and her symptoms did not completely resolve. She still had a lot of neuropsychiatric symptoms, and um, she was therefore tested for Lyme disease with the Western blot, which was positive. It's pretty common in practice to look a second time at a child and realize there's other issues. And so the doctors uh, looked at evidence of Lyme disease and tick-borne illnesses. And there were actually several findings that were helpful. One was there was a Lyme titer, which they called an EIA, and a Lyme Western blot an IgM-type Western blot with two out of three bands. On further testing, the IgG Western blot was three out of 10. There was also evidence for other tick-borne illnesses. Bartonella was positive, mycoplasma was positive, and there was a test called Babesia duncani that was positive. Now, Babesia duncani is a type of Babesia, which we see mostly in the West Coast, because that's where they first identified it. But Babesia duncani is also showing up on the East Coast. And so with a series of infections, the doctors looked a second time at whether her continued illness was in part related to a tick-borne illness. The doctor, the girl was referred to Dr. Jones, a pediatric Lyme disease specialist, for evaluation and treatment of her tick-borne illness. Now, this can be a little bit um, difficult or, or challenging in diagnosing 
right? Because PANDAS and Lyme disease symptoms look very, very similar. And not only are some of the neuropsychiatric symptoms similar, but they both can have a, a relapsing and remitting course. There are three different findings that they first associated with PANDAS. Ticks, you know, like which are certain movements, Tourette's, which are certain repetitive sounds, and OCD. Lyme disease, which has neuropsychiatric issues, can have some of the same findings, especially the OCD findings. And in this case, when that girl first showed up on her first visit, she came with a variety of symptoms. She had crying, anxiety, headaches, joint pain, decreased cognitive function, fatigue, fatigue, nighttime awakening, and an extreme fear of sleeping alone. Lyme disease, the assumption is that the immune system is extremely busy from the tick-borne illness. And the reason these symptoms all are common is that when the immune system is busy, the neurotransmitters are high, making plenty of mood issues, in this case, crying and anxiety. The immune system is so busy, people have concentration focus problems. Their immune system is busy enough for them to be extreme fatigue. So they're wired, they can't sleep. And in her case, she had an extreme fear of sleeping alone. Part of these issues are seen in all ages. It's just some of the issues, some of the neuropsychiatric issues are more prominent in children. This patient also had several cognitive symptoms that were debilitating. She was a, considered a gifted child. She had excelled in academics, but cognitive symptoms had emerged and her, she actually had mentioned to her mother that something had happened to her brain. So in some of these children with PANDAS, and, and maybe that's the case in Lyme patients as well, but in the PANDAS children, they often refer to something feeling different about their, their brain or their head. They don't, just don't feel right. Both Lyme disease and PANDAS, they're both neuropsychiatric disorders. You know, there is actually a, a broad range of issues that, that this girl had over time that would interfere with her relationship with her mother, with her progress in school, with her inability to sleep. And so I wanted to go through just a few of those extra items that were noted by the doctors. One is an ADHD-like behavior. And this is uh, hard because that's also an age where ADHD is also diagnosed. I find that uh, ADHD, along with a variety of other issues, is uh, worth noting. It's worth looking for an illness or an infection as causing ADHD. There's also a, a lot of emotion. The neurotransmitters seem to push every mood you can think of. So the fact that she had separation anxiety, panic attacks, mood lability, aggressive behavior are all uh, effects on the mood. She also had cognitive decline. She also had irrational fears. She would not sleep alone. You know, every child is different. But in this case, uh, you'd be surprised how many of these issues keep showing up if you ask more questions of the child. And if you ask the parents what's going on with the child. And in fact, this patient uh, regressed from being a year ahead of her class in math to actually being unable to add beyond the number of 10, 
which was quite a quite striking change. Neuropsychiatric issues from pandas and my experience with tick-borne illnesses, it can affect function. So in this case, the, the setbacks in her math are probably fairly complicated. Uh, one is we often see processing issues and we also see uh, behavioral issues, uh, focus issues. And so it's actually rather complicated to figure out the exact reasons that she was having uh, troubles uh, comprehending reading, comprehending math, and, and that's what I've been seeing in the children I take care of. This patient really demonstrates just how complex a child uh, with multiple infections can be to treat because she was treated for just over two years and she was treated with multiple antibiotics, right, that had changed back and forth to, to adjust to the symptoms and any side effects. Often over time, I find that there's always different ups and downs. There's uh, changes in their symptoms. There's uh, often uh, treatment responses. There's times where I have to go off antibiotics. Uh, there are times that I have to uh, have other specialists involved. I might have to have a psychiatrist or a psychologist to help with the various moods. I have a neurologist often because of uh, headaches uh, or neuropsychiatric issues. Uh, Sometimes I have to have uh, some time with the school because of the behavioral issues and because of the learning issues. It didn't appear like any other illness emerged. I'm sure over time that uh, you know other illnesses are considered, and so I often find various specialists get involved to make sure there's not another illness causing these symptoms. Now, you explained what PANDAS is, but can, can you explain a little bit about um, PANS, Pediatric Acute Onset Neuropsychiatric Syndrome, and, and how that differs from PANDAS? Over time, most of the research has been on neuropsychiatric issues from strep, but in actual practice, they actually found a lot of other uh, triggers for the same neuropsychiatric problems. And Lyme and tick borne illnesses lead to this same problem. And so when one is managing the child, PANS means they could have strep or a tick-borne illness or both. We should, we should say PANS, they, should have, they would have an infection other than strep. It could be any infection. PANS itself can include strep, but I think that most doctors when they see strep or have evidence of strep, we'll just go back to the classic word pandas. If they can't find evidence of strep and they're not so sure that it's got to be associated with strep, they've gotten in the habit of using pans. And the paper describes the various treatment regimens that the child had, which, which lasted for quite a while, and various IV and oral antibiotics. And then she was actually moved on to... Um, treatment with IVIG after she was tested with the Cunningham panel. Can you talk a little bit about um, what the Cunningham panel can tell doctors? The Cunningham panel is a group of tests that looks for antibodies against certain neuronal receptors. So they call them, they're called anti-neuronal antibodies because they target certain neuroreceptors. 
in this case, the, the Cunningham panel was ordered and three out of four of the antineural antibodies were positive, which supported that there was an immune issue occurring in this girl. Right, Dr. Jones write, writes in the, in the article, if the Cunningham panel is positive or strongly positive, that would be an indication that one has an autoimmune problem that needs to be treated with IVIG as well as antibiotics. And this girl had elevated levels for the autoantibodies dopamine D1, dopamine D2, and tubulin. Dr. Jones decided to go ahead with IVIG based on the Cunningham panel test results. Yes, it's pretty common uh, to have more than one issue triggering the neuropsych issues. So Dr. Jones has known how to take care of children, has had plenty of children with neuropsych issues over the years, uh, and he has um, treated people for the immune issues related to strep, the immune issues related to tick-borne illnesses. And so in that particular statement, he's saying that that one might treat the autoimmune problems, but also they might uh, treat with antibiotics and he finds that combination successful. He did say that he uses the Cunningham panel. That's been helpful to support the use of IVIG. And IVIG is of course intravenous immune globulins and it helps with these autoimmune issues seen in these diseases. The authors report in their timeline that after the IVIG treatments, the symptoms began to decrease and they actually ran a follow-up Cunningham panel which showed that those um, autoantibody levels had returned to, to normal. There's been a research paper that showed that if uh, one of these children with neuropsychiatric issues, that if they had a Cunningham panel that got back to normal, those were the kids that did well. The kids that didn't do well had still abnormal Cunningham panel tests. So it seems like this is a marker of success. So after this treatment, she is asymptomatic? Yes, she is asymptomatic. Her symptoms were waxing and waning. That's my experience. But this up and down symptoms uh, is exciting when the girl is doing well. It is frustrating when it's n they're not doing well. It's just that by the end of the treatment, we're not completely sure how much was the benefit from IVIG or how much was the benefit of antibiotics, but she had a full recovery. And you remember I was talking about how poor her school performance was, even troubles with numbers and readings. Mm -hmm. She returned to being academically at the top of her class. You know, and I think it's important to note that when I spoke with Dr. Jones, he pointed out that uh, parents may often think that once IVIG is stopped, then the treatment, the, the child, their child should be better, but that the actual effects of IVIG go on for quite a while, and it takes, takes a while for the body to get back or the immune system to recover. And this girl... Uh is similar to a lot of children in my practice. Is I can't be sure the role of an immune response or the role of tick-borne illnesses. So that's where I have to look at whether I should treat both at the same time. And so 
if someone has a delayed recovery from an antibiotic, that's common. If someone has a delayed reaction to IVIG, that's common. Would you say an important message in this uh, case report is for doctors to keep looking for other infections if uh, a child's remain symptomatic. In this case, she she was diagnosed with strep and was treated, but she continued to have neuropsychiatric symptoms. And there were and they subsequently found other other pathogens. Well I find that follow-up is extremely important. So when she first had strep, it seemed reasonable to treat for strep. As soon as things got complicated, as soon as she wasn't able to function very well, as soon as she had all of these uh, neuropsychiatric problems, it became important to look at the causes. In this case, over time, both the tick-borne illness and immune-related issues from strep both came into play. I think the, the doctors, including Dr. Jones' leadership, stuck with this child, stuck with the ups and downs, uh, and uh, had a good outcome despite how complicated she appeared to be at the beginning. So I would encourage people to make sure that they stick with these families, that the parents uh, don't give up on uh, their children, that they stick with it and fight for the child. And and, uh, it's so rewarding for the doctor. It's so rewarding for the, the parents when you get a good outcome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Cameron, for talking about this case report. And we'll let our listeners know that if they want to read the full study, there is a link on your podcast page to the study with some highlights. And thank you, Darlene, for leading the discussion. Have a good night.